0: We're on a series on Sunday mornings called The Kingdom of God. Uh, there's so much we can talk about concerning the kingdom of God. We've already mentioned to you that Jesus and Matthew, Mark, and Luke actually talked about 31 individual parables where he used the phrase, the kingdom of God is like... And you can read those. There's about 31 individual parables. Matthew has, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 13, has seven individual parables. So if you want to kind of get a condensed version of like 25% of all the parables he taught, Matthew 13 would be a good chapter for you to read. Uh, but we looked at the first thing that Jesus really talked about concerning the kingdom of God, where he said, if you don't get this parable, you won't get any other parable. And it was a parable that sower sows the seed, so or sows the word. Jesus talked about the, 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 the seed that a farmer would sow in his own natural garden or, or or ranch or farm or the you know the field that he's sowing in. It's the same thing that you and I do with the word of God. And when the word of God comes to us, It's got to take place in the soil of our heart. But we found out that there's someone, the enemy, circumstances trying to come in and take the seed out from our heart. Because if the seed leaves your heart, the seed will never produce inside the DNA of every seed of the Word of God, it's got everything you need to produce. Everything it says can be yours. Salvation, healing, victory, peace, love, joy, long-suffering, kindness, goodness. Everything you need is in the seed of the Word of God. So if you will put it in the soil of your heart, you'll guard it, you'll protect it, you'll water it, you'll nurture it, it will grow, Jesus says, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Anybody down with that growth, huh? Come on, anybody, yeah? Come on, how about the rest of y'all? Y'all down with that? Cool. Uh, So we we talked about that a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. The last week, we kind of looked at the scripture here. We'll jump on it one more time, and we're going to read it today, and we'll read it one more time next week, because the Apostle Paul talked about the kingdom of God in the New Testament. Only two scriptures use the phrase the kingdom of God. Both were written by the Apostle Paul, one to the church at Rome, and one to the church at Corinthians. uh, It's Corinth, and so we'll look at that uh, in two weeks from now. But this scripture has got three components to it, where where Paul says the kingdom of God, and he talks about what the kingdom of God is like. It's kind of interesting. No other New Testament writer did. That, but the Apostle Paul. So look on the screen and look at this scripture one more time. We read it last week, and again, we'll give you one more shot at it next week. He says this The kingdom of God in Romans 14 17 is not eating, it's not drinking, it's not Old Testament laws of ceremonial washings and doing this and not doing that. It's not what it's about. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, If there was, I, I don't know, but you know, if me naturally, you know, not just kind of thinking, you know, on the God side and God gave him this word, but just naturally, if you would think the kingdom of God and you could use any kind of phraseology to talk about the kingdom of God, I don't think you or I would probably come up with these three. But, but the apostle Paul, the Bible says the guys in the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, so what we have in, these, in this letter called the Romans, the, the letter to the Romans, this is God's word. Come on, somebody. This isn't man's thought. This is God's word. And he, and he says the kingdom of God is righteousness. We talked about that last week. But look at this phrase here, the kingdom of God, he says, secondly, is peace. Is peace. We found out that the kingdom of God, really, uh, for this study, we're saying the kingdom of God is how God thinks and how God acts. God thinks and God acts. Peace. And we'll talk about that and break that down a little bit today. And what I'm going to do today, listen, I encourage you to take a bunch of notes. I'm actually going to give you two or three sermons in one today. Come on, somebody. I'm going. I'm come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is going to be packed with stuff today. So, so I'm going to burn your pen out or whatever you're doing. Your fingers are going to get lockjaw, man. They're just going to be tight up here the kingdom of God is how God thinks and how God acts. So God thinks and God acts in lines with peace. So anything that is not peace is not lining up with how God thinks and how God acts. Personally, corporately in the world, it's not how God thinks and acts. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah, some of y'all remember this scripture. The prophet Jeremiah said, he said this, that God's thinking thoughts of peace for you. Uh, not not thoughts to harm you, but 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 thoughts to give you a future and thoughts to give you a hope uh, God's thinking thoughts of peace towards you And so I don't know Maybe you guys have been raised in some churches and and di- different groups and different things and and you had that friend Or you had that crazy aunt and she'd look at you kind of funny and kind of weird or that person to come and you look at You in church and maybe you were doing something the last night that you knew you should have been doing But you came to church today or whatever 10 years ago and that person's looking at you kind of going God's gonna get you God, uh, God ain't trying to get Nobody, but, but, but just try to get them in the kingdom of God. Come on, everybody. He, he's thinking thoughts of peace and thoughts of love and, and thoughts of kindness because he wants to give you a future future and a hope. Um, I, I want to just jump in this scripture, and it's in the book, it's in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Well, again, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. And If you don't know about the Amplified Bible, it amplifies all these words. And I want to show you because the Apostle Paul paints a picture of you and I, uh, the, everybody in the room that's made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Bible calls you saved, the Bible calls you a Christian, the Bible calls you born again. That's the phraseology in the Word of God. And if you're here today and you're not born again, you're away from God, uh, you're, you're just like everybody including me, this is where I found myself and this is where Everybody in the room has found themselves at one time and we we, we don't want to leave you in this place But this is the way everybody in the world who doesn't know Jesus listen who doesn't know Jesus This is who this is where they find themselves. Just like you and me read it in Ephesians 2 verse 12 Remember he says to this church that you were at that time at that time before you knew Jesus notice these words on the towel You were separated you were living apart from Christ. You were separated from Christ. You were excluded. Notice this. Excluded from all part in him. If you don't know God, if you're not born again, if you've not surrendered to the life of Jesus Christ, you're excluded. It's just, it's just a fact. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. But, but by, the, by the not choosing him, you're excluded. <laughs> He says, you're utterly estranged. Notice that we know that concerning divorce and relationships. You're utterly estranged. You're, you're outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation. You have no rights. He says, you're a stranger. You have no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise. You don't know. You, have, you don't, do not know. You, I look like you, but I don't know what you know. I got a marriage, I'm married, I got kids, I got some money, I got a couple of cars, I take vacations, I eat where you eat. But I'm not connected with the person you're connected with if I don't know Jesus. Amen. He says, you have no knowledge of or right in God's agreements. You have no knowledge of it, no right. There is, unless you surrender to Jesus, you have no right to have what he has. This is, this is serious. This is where we find ourselves. This is where I found myself. Notice what he says. You have no hope, no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. You're in the world without God. Now, if statistics are true, you know, all across the world, they're different, but in the United States, you know, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's different in every country, in, in every, you know, region of the country. But but I would dare say in, in, in San Diego County, as there's 3.6 you know, million people that are living here in the county, I, I would dare say that there's probably, you know, 15%, maybe 20% of the people in our county that know Jesus, that are following Jesus, that are hungry for Jesus. 80%, let's say this just for statistics statistics state 80% of the people in our region are without God no covenant no hope can't see no agreement with God they are away from God there is absolutely no way they can get to heaven but look what he says come on thank God the Bible doesn't just leave us there come on somebody come on we just want to say go home and eat a hot dog come on come on everybody we're going to get you out of this right now right Look what he says. Verse 13, but now, come on, somebody yell, but now, but now, come on, say it like you mean it, but now, that means right now, 2019, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once so far away, through, by, and in the blood of Jesus Christ have been brought near. Come on, somebody just say, thank God for the blood, thank God for the blood, thank God for the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ brings you near, and he finishes the thought, verse 14, for he himself is our peace. He, Jesus himself, is our peace. He's our bond of unity. He's our harmony with God. Listen, he is your peace. You could not find peace apart from Christ. There is no way you can have peace with God. There is no way you can have peace in a marriage. There's no way you can have peace with anybody without peace with Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen up in here today? Man, it's been restored because of Jesus Christ. Your relationship with Christ gives you peace with God, gives you application. Now, everything, the rights that I have as a child of God, there is the compacts that I have, if you will, because I'm a child of God. Everything God did for Israel is now available to me. How he'll protect them, how he'll bless them, how he fed them, how he led them, how he kept them, come on, how he delivered them. It's available to you because you have... Peace with God. Come on, peace is some power. It's not just some little feeling like I got some peace and I got this little funny grin on my face. No, peace is full of power. Uh, the, the, the prophet Isaiah says that the punishment for our separation from God, the punishment of our peace, the chastisement of our peace was laid on Christ so that now we can have peace with God. Come on, I know you're not getting it yet, but you're going to get it when message three comes along. Come on, everybody. Look at a quick definition of the word peace on the screen. Anybody remember what the the Hebrew word might be for peace? Peace shalom right shalom uh, the, the the jewish people use that word all the time it's a it's, it's a greeting it's a greeting they say shalom it's a greeting coming and going leaving one another it's a greeting check it out a couple different definitions it means completeness this word peace means completeness it means content you're content i'm at peace you are content It means you have friendship with God and you have friendship with others it means nothing missing nothing broken I am at peace with God I'm at peace with man I am at peace in relationships around me nothing missing nothing broken I'm complete I'm content I'm a friend of God and I'm a friend of people come on everybody how many think the world might need that some more how many think you might need that some more Romans chapter 5, verse 1, again, the apostle Paul writing to this, this church called Rome, in Rome, and he says this, that we have been justified in Romans 5, 1. He says, we have been justified by faith, and we now have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Check that out. We've been justified. Justified just simply means you live before God just as if you never sinned just as if you never sinned. We have been justified, declared righteous with God by your faith, listen, by your faith. When you said yes to Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus, God says, I have justified you. I have declared you righteous, not guilty. Just you, now you can stand before me just as if you never sinned. And he says, "It now you have peace with God, peace with God. Peace with God. Come on, it's well between you and the Father God. The Creator. Come on, everybody. The one who made everything. The one who knows everything. The one who's for you. The one whose heart is open for you. You have peace with Him, peace with God. So the Scripture is telling us your faith in Christ, come on, your faith in Christ gives you peace with God. Come on, can you say that with me? Your faith in Christ gives you peace with God. Now, true peace, we know, again, is found in a person. It's found in the person, Jesus Christ. That's who it's found in. It's found in no other thing. You don't get peace on a vacation. Come on. What happens on a vacation is you get feeling good, but you don't get peace. Can anybody ever been on a vacation and you've not had peace because something's going on back at the house or or at the work or something's going on in your friend or your wife or your husband's body or whatever? So so just getting away isn't going to bring you peace. Peace is found Peace is found in a person. So just look on the screen by way of reminder, if you don't know. Peace has nothing to do with circumstances or situations. It's not the absence of problems, but God being with you in the middle of them. I just wish I had some peace around here, so I wish everybody just leave me alone. No, 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 no. It's in the middle of all the drama, in the middle of all the pain, in the middle of all the issues, you can have quietness and contentment, you can have peace with God when all hell's breaking loose around you. Come on, we'll talk about that in a minute, how that can be yours. We'll give you some real practical stuff in just a minute in one of these three messages. Praise the Lord. I love the Apostle Peter. Uh, you know, the Amplified Bible, again, go on version. Make sure that's part of your reading. One of, you can download like five translations at one time and kind of go back and forth. Make sure the Amplified's one of them. I think it'll help you. Because uh, just the way it, it, it does, it just brings out all these words and these definitions and gets you thinking about stuff maybe you wouldn't think about before. In, in Second Peter, Peter writes this. I love what he says. The Apostle Peter writes this, that peace is perfect well-being. All necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, it's freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Peace, agitating passions, things that are trying to mess with me, freedom from all that, Uh, moral conflicts, trying to, getting with somebody at the work, getting with somebody at the house, messing with that person that in and out. Come on somebody, You, you jumped in front of me, man you know, on the highway or whatever. It's perfect well-being. There's that contentment again. It's all necessary good. It's spiritual prosperity. I'm at peace. I'm at shalom. There's, There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken in my life. It might look like it is, but I've got peace with God. So I know since God is in me and I'm in Christ and and he's my Lord, that he's working out all things together, even when I can't see it or feel it. doesn't look like it. It looks like hell all around me right now. But you know what? Why? Why do I have peace when all this chaos is going on? Because there's perfect well-being because the Prince of Peace now lives in you. So so in the middle of it all, it's like, how come you're not worried? How come you're not upset? How come you're not freaking out with the, with the layoff notice or with what the kid did or, or what happened there? Or, or they, they did that and they did that to me. And No, 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 no. I'm at perfect peace because I know God, he loves me, and he's going to work this whole situation around. Amen, everybody? Come on, let's clap if we're going to clap this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me give you some thoughts today. Write down these scriptures. Write down these headlines. I think they'll really help you. How you can develop kingdom peace. So many scriptures talk about it. But how you can develop. Because it just doesn't happen automatically. You've got a part to play. You might be saying, well, I'm not having that in my life. Well, listen, cooperate with the word of God. And you're going to have more of God's peace in your life. Come on. More peace in your relationship with your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. More peace at the work. It's so funny. that Does anybody have anybody right now that you wish they were here listening? of this message come on somebody like I know some people at work they need to be here well listen how about you get an invite card and bring them come on somebody (laughs) bring them to church let's see God change and work in their life amen everybody how are you going to develop kingdom peace number one write it down love God's word love God's word come on love God's word come on say that with me Love love God's word Psalm 119 verse 165 says this great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble god's word connects you to god's peace if you're not in the word of god listen jimmy oh, this is somebody said to me the other day you know that they're new to the church and said you know every message you preach you're just like just cramming people with the word of god can i tell you why because the word of god changed my life And I know if it'll change my life, it'll change your life. Makes no difference if you're young or you're old or you're whatever you're at and economic and race. It makes no difference. The word of God, as seed, what Jesus says, planted in your heart, will change every issue in your life. It'll it'll produce a new crop in your life where you've had bumper crops of failure. So, So listen to me. You gotta love God's word. He says, great peace of they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Uh, the, the, the stumbling part, a couple different uh, um, uh, commentators say this, stumbling means stumbling into sin or stumbling into temptation. Anybody ever stumbled into sin or temptation? I have. I have. He says, if I love God, if I love the word of God, it's going to bring that shalom in my life to say, hey, Gary, there's temptation over there. Hey, Gary, that's a bait for sin. Don't go there. Don't go there. And he also, the word stumbling means in the Hebrew, a stumbling block. So can I tell you, I don't know about you, but in in the role I play in the kingdom of God, which is up here as a pastor, I know this. If I stumble, you might stumble. If I screw up in my relationship, if I commit adultery, guess what? You're going to wonder, how come it ain't working for the brother up here? And you know it, and I know it. So I've got to make sure, and you pray for me. Come on, somebody, pray for me. That I finished my course. Come on, I'll just tell you 35 years marriage, no affairs, no nothing, one woman, one man. Come on, that's all we got right here. That's all we got. To God be the glory. To God, to God be the glory. So you pray for me. <laughs> but I gotta keep loving God's word. I, I gotta do this. To, I don't get this by, I don't get a free pass because I'm a pastor i got to get up in the morning. i got to get my coffee, and i got to say, God, talk to me today. I need your word today, I, and i got to love God's word. Because if I love God's word, I'm going to have some peace in my life. Amen, everybody? Amen. Second, listen to God's word. Come on, say that. Listen to God's word. When you, when you read that in the Bible about listening, it always has the application with doing it. Not just hearing it, not just hearing it, but hearing or listening with the thought of doing it. Here's what it says in Isaiah 48, verse 18. God says this through the prophet, if you had only listened to my commands, your peace would have been like a river that never runs dry. If you'd only listened to me, come on, anybody ever had that discussion with a friend or a child? What did you do if you had only listened to me and not done that? You wouldn't have gotten that, but you didn't listen to me. My dad, my first car I wanted, it was 1978. Uh, My my dad started saving up money, had a part-time jobs, and and my dad said, you know, hey, if you want a car, um, I'll loan you some money, you got to pay me back every month, you know, every week or month or whatever like that. I said, cool, dad. I started looking for a car. I took him to a car lot, and I said, dad, I found my car. He said, what'd you find? I said, I found a 1974 CJ5 Jeep, four-wheel drive. I'm going monster mudding up in the mountains here in Tennessee, I'm going to have some fun. My dad said, you're an idiot. He said, that thing gets about eight miles a gallon. It's going to cost you all kind of money. Got monster tires. Tires cost money. Gas costs money. You're going to be breaking stuff. Down. No, dad, I want it. My dad said, okay, I'm going to loan you money, but you're going to pay me back. My dad was awesome. And so sure enough, guess what? Tires cost. I, I went through three rear ends in the, in the, in the, I burned out rear end. I spent more money on that, on that stupid Jeep that I could have bought a house. Come on, somebody, I'm telling you. And that's the way we are. that's the way we are come on somebody let's listen to God's word with the intent to do it if you had only listened then you'd have peace like a river I wish I wouldn't have done that I wish I wouldn't have got involved in that business I wish I wouldn't have dated don't go there now come on somebody they might be sitting next to you now come on help me Lord help me Lord (laughs) help me Lord you married now. Come on, make that thing work. Now you need some peace. Help me up in here, Lord, now. I got Jezebel at the house, man. Woo! I got Ahab over here. Come on, how are you going to develop kingdom peace? Number three, let peace in. Come on, say that. Let peace in. Let it in. Let it in. In other words, listen to me. you got to cooperate with it. you got to cooperate with it. Let it have full course in your life. You got to cooperate with it. just let it in. Let it in. I'm going to let the peace of God in. Man, I, I, you know, there's all kinds of situations you deal with people and you just got to say, no, I'm going to let peace in right here. I'm gonna, I, I choose to yield to peace. Because the Prince of Peace is living on the inside of you. Inside of me, and inside of you. Contentment, wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's 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 there. I got I'm a friend with God and I'm gonna be a friend with other people. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be agitated and frustrated. I'm gonna like Peter says here, it's 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 releasing me from agitating passions and moral conflicts. It's like you touch me, I'm I'm up here like what you doing getting up in here in my business. I mean, like, what, what come on, man? I just almost stumbled here. Just let's be at peace. Let's be at peace. I love it. It's Colossians 3.15. Come on, let's read it. Come on, 1, 2, 3, read. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Come on, look at the word. Look at the second word. Let it. Let it. Come on, let it. Let peace in. Let it. Come on, peace. Let it rule. Let it rule. Come on, rule in my heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Rule. Come on, rule. 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 Rule in my heart. Rule in my heart. Peace. Prince of peace rule in my heart. I love what the Amplified Bible says. Let peace act like an umpire. I love it. Let it act like an umpire. What's an umpire do? What's an umpire do? An umpire at Peco Park, he's going to be sitting up, if they're playing today, he's going to be sitting right behind the catcher. And you know what he's doing? He ain't throwing the ball. He's not catching the ball. He's just calling what the ball is. That's a ball. That's a strike. You're out. That's all he's saying. So the peace of God is going to say, Gary, don't swing at that pitch. The peace of God is going to say, Gary, that coming down right now, that's a strike. Go ahead and hit that one right there. That's the relationship you need to be in. That, Gary, that, don't, be, don't be doing that now. Don't be doing that. Leave that one alone. The peace of God will be like an umpire in your life. Come on, everybody. Come on, you got an umpire on the inside of you. Listen to the umpire. Call the Holy Ghost. Lastly here, renew your mind. Come on, renew your mind. How are you going to develop kingdom peace? Just renew your mind. Romans 8, 6 says this. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Wow. Death means separation from God. Uh, The flesh, worldly, carnal, secular. So, So the mind governed by just the world, crazy stuff, secular stuff, carnal stuff, is going to produce death in my life. It's not going to produce the life of God if it's governed by that. But he says the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. Life and peace. So I, I don't know about you, but the older I get, and I had it when I was younger, I sure like peace better than contention. I don't know about you, but have you got, have you got some friends or you know some people? They're just always upset. I mean, they're just, they're just always, they're, they're, they're walking around like, like just, just always kind of like foaming at the mouth, just ready to verbally, come on, just, re, re, just ready to verbally just go off on somebody. Like, you know, like, man, come on, we, we, we ought not be that kind of people. So so it tells us here that if you and I will renew our mind by the word of God that we're doing, we're going to read the word because we want to have great peace, great peace have they who love the law. So we're going to renew our mind to the word of God. And the scripture tells us if my mind will be governed by the word of God and I'll renew my mind, I'm going to have the life of God working in me and I'm going to have the peace of God working in me in a new way. Come on, somebody say amen right there. Man, I love it. Uh, Duke University did a study uh, years ago, and their study was on peace of mind, and they found about 10, I'm not going to read you all 10, but I'm going to read you about 5, of these factors that contributed to emotional and mental stability, here's what they said, because we're living in a time, as you all know, that now just, just mental illness is just as predominant and maybe more predominant than as physical illness. And, and, and come on, the cat's out of the bag. It's, 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 it's no, the stereotype of we don't talk about that. No, come on, somebody. We talk about it. Come on, everybody. So if you're going through depression, you're going through a hard time, you're going through anxiety, listen to me. We want to get you help. There's going to be help in the Word of God, but maybe you need to go see a doctor. Maybe you need to get on some medication because the chemical. Imbalance, we want you well. Come on, somebody. There is no stigma for somebody that's going through battle in their mind. No stigma, no stigma. But but they did a study on, on peace of mind, they said, and again, they found all, all these factors that would contribute to emotional and mental stability. Look on the screen, number one. The absence of suspicion and resentment. So if, if you're going through life thinking somebody's out to get me every day, and, and resentment meaning uh, meaning I've done something or someone's done something to me and I just can't let it go I just can't let it go. It's, 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 it's like the, the person that that that, you know, little grandma cut somebody off and didn't didn't mean to cut somebody off and Dude chased him down the street and and like like just wrecked her car I mean like what are you doing? Just can't let it go. Just the absence of suspicion that the world's out to get me. Everybody hates me. I'm I'm black. I'm white I'm old. I'm young. I'm not in the economic I go to the work and I just and everybody's looking at me. Listen to me. Your mind is gonna be jacked up You're not gonna have peace. You need to go in every room and go. I'm the son of God I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. I don't care who loves me who doesn't with me I love everybody up in here. I got I carry the peace of God. Come on I'm a walking peace bomb around here Come on, number two, number two, not living in the past. Man, not living in the past. You want to have peace? You want to have emotional stability in your life? They would say an unwholesome, here's what they said, an unwholesome preoccupation with old mistakes will lead you to depression. I did that. I can't believe I did that. I said that. I, it'll lead you to depression, constantly thinking of it, living in the past. Let it go. Come on, get forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. If you can make it right with God, make it right with a person. If you can't make it right with a person, forget it and go on, leave it. Come on, leave it. Number three, again, the list is long. Let me give you five. The list is long. Number three, not wasting time and energy. They said fighting conditions you can't change. You want to have peace? You want to have mental stability, emotional health? There is just stuff in this world you can't change. Can I tell you, I can't change the government. I cannot change the government. I cannot change who's in the White House, but I sure i am going to pray for him. Come on. Come on, somebody. Go pray for them. Yeah. I can't change taxes, but I got to pay them because I don't want to go to jail. How about you? I can't change. Listen, on Monday, Kim and I drove uh, uh, to Richfield, Utah. Uh, She's not feeling well today. She's home with her mom. Uh, Her mom came here. I'll tell you the story. We drove to Richfield, Utah, which was nine hours. We got up at 1.20 in the morning, God bless my wife, and we started driving, and and, and, and I picked up her mom and then drove nine hours back on Tuesday, and I'm thinking, I just want to get home. Come on. Anybody at the end of the trip, you just want to get home? I want to get home. And then you know what hit me in the face? Highway 15 South. The road sanctified by the devil himself. The devil is on Highway 15 South every, every day, every day. He's camped up there. I know he is. <laughs> but you're OK until you hit San Diego, and then all of a sudden, you're parking lot. I'm going, I just want to get home. I want a coffee, and I want to get home. But if you get off the road to get a coffee, you're back another hour. Come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? So you go, oh my and, you, and God forbid you have to go to the bathroom. Come on, somebody. You're like driving like I oh, dare so, I can't change it. I can't change it. You can't so, so I can't waste my time. Just gonna let it go. Come on, God. So you start singing some songs, get happy, right? <laughs> now I'm happy. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Room without a roof. Now I'm happy. Come on. Whatever you gotta sing. All right cooperate with life, they said. Cooperate with life. Don't, 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 don't try to run away from it, they said. Number four, force yourself to stay involved with the living world. Man, I love this. If you're facing some stuff, you know, peace of mind, emotional, mental stability, force yourself to stay involved with the living world. What they said is resist temptation to withdraw and become reclusive during times of emotional stress. Uh, by nature, me, when things are pressure-packed, I withdraw. I've seen it. I know me. I know me. The tighter it gets, the more pressure there is in the church, the more stress there is in church, the more stress there is in the house, I come by myself. I recognize it. 59 years old. It's good to be self-aware by now. Hello. So what do you do? you gotta, You got to fight. Come out of your room. You gotta fight, make phone calls. You gotta fight, be around people. Or else, that thing will start seeding in you to be alone and be away. Come on everybody, hopefully I'm helping you today. Number five, last thing we're gonna go on, one more quick. Refuse to indulge in self-pity. They said refuse to indulge in self-pity. They said accept the fact that nobody goes through life without some kind of sorrow or misfortune. And we're humans, there's gonna be stuff that just doesn't make sense. There's gonna be stuff you get a raw deal. Gonna be stuff where you go, why did this happen to me? You know why? Because you're a human, because you're a man, you're a woman, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're living in the earth. No, but it's not because you're whoever the devil wants to paint this picture, and this your soul sometimes wants to paint a picture of what's not really happening. It's just happening because you're living in the earth. Come on, everybody. So don't get involved in self-pity asking all those questions why? Because you're gonna go down a dark a dark hole. Come on, help anybody this morning is today. Come on, let's get Come on. Let's get our mind thinking right so we can have peace with God, peace with God. The kingdom of God is peace. But I got to cooperate with it. You got to cooperate with it uh, also. So let's give you just three things in closing today. I think these are going to help you as well. I want to just get you everything I can think about in this one message on peace as we talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is peace. That I can have peace with him. Peace in the middle of my circumstances comes by knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Listen, number one, seek peace. Come on, say that with me. Seek peace. I love what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 starts talking. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. One of the longest discourses of red letters in the Bible that Him just preaching. Longest, long, longest recorded times. So you don't, don't, might have preached longer, but this is what's recorded in our Bible. Matthew recorded. And He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, He said, blessed or blessed. I don't, anybody ever been to the church and they said blessed? Yeah, I Come on, blessed. Who talks like that? Blessed. Blessed. Come on. Just come on. So blessed. Blessed. (laughs) Come on. Let's read that loud. Come on. One, two, three. Let's say blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called what? Children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. So, so seek peace. Listen to me. The kingdom of God's peace. So seek peace. Seek peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's the only time the word's used in the Bible. Peacemakers. Combo word. Peacemakers. So there's times that you have to make peace. Because peace ain't making you. It's just your situation was like, man, walked into the office tomorrow morning. It's chaos. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be a peacemaker. Hey, man, are those new shoes? Hey, wow, coffee smells hot today. It better be hot. Yeah, okay. I just got to to be peace. In all relationships, with every person, no retaliation, no social media crazy, no media, you know, social media stuff. You know, we're just melting down on one another. Just walk away. I have set my life up to be a peacemaker. Peace is a whole lot easier than the other. Want that peace? I just like. It. I like peace in my house. I just like. And, and and peace doesn't mean. Peace doesn't mean. Kids aren't screaming. Kids aren't yelling. Brittany had a. And Tony had a a, a taylor who turns four in a couple of days they had an early birthday party so i I did a long bike ride yesterday and i'm tired man i was tired long bike ride came home and i went oh yeah birthday party Woo. Woo." (laughs) bunch of little girls little girls and you get in there and go god those little girls they're cute aren't they come on they're cute Mamas are a piece of work, but, but I'm kidding. I'm, the, some of the mamas, some of the mamas in the room today. Ha <laughs> ha. Come on, I'm messing with the mamas. Everyone over there. Ah. I'm kidding. Love them kids. The mamas. Whoa, watch out for them mamas. But you just go in and you go, oh, man, full of life, full of joy, jumping in some swim pools in the backyard, blow-up pools, and, you know, coming in and got, got pizza and, and dropping stuff all over the floor like, come on, just full of life. So peace doesn't mean there's never no challenges. And never, it just means, man, I got peace with God. I want peace with people. I, want to be a, I, just, I just want to exude the life of God. Anybody, anybody like that? Yeah, you want to do that? But I know this. Romans 12, 18 says this. Paul says this. If it's possible, and as far as depends on you, live at peace with everybody if it's possible. So what Paul tells us, can I tell you? Listen, let me let, let me let me give you all a card here. There are some people in your life, it is impossible to be at peace with them. They don't have peace with God, and they don't want peace with anybody. They're contentious, they're bitter, they're negative, they're confused. And he just says, there might be some people in your life that all they'd want to do is fight and be angry and yell and curse and all that. Let me tell you what, my word to you would be walk away from those relationships if you can sometimes they're in your family you can't just walk away from your family but you can't hang out you don't need to hang out with them all the time because it just agitates you can I tell you something about the people that are in the hurricanes and the tornadoes of life when you leave their presence and you carry that with you and then you have spillover into people's lives that you love you know you have just been affected and infected by somebody else's lack of peace. I'd encourage you cut off some of those relationships. Just watch it. Number two. Number two. Speak peace. Speak peace. I love this. The Bible says that Jesus got in a boat one day with his disciples and he said, let's go to the other side. He says this in Mark chapter 4. The Bible says that while Jesus went sleeping down in the bow of the boat, there was a great windstorm. It came up, and the disciples were going, we're freaking out of here. The, the waves were beating against the boat. Waves of water started coming to the boat, and they st- they, they, they were afraid they were sinking, going to die. And, and so they shook Jesus, you know. They shook Jesus and woke him up and, and, and said, Jesus, you know, <laughs> we're, we're filling up with water up in here, buddy. Don't you care? And you, you, come on, you know what Jesus said in Mark, Mark chapter 4, verse 39? He just stands up, rose, he rebukes the wind, and he says to the sea, peace, be still. And it ceased, it says, and there was a great calm. Um, I believe in all of our lives we have authority in the realm of influence, where we are in our family, our business, where we're going, that we can stand up in the office and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about standing on your chair. I'm not talking about getting in front of it. Hey! I'm getting ready to prophesy some peace up in here. (laughs) I'll come see you in jail, okay? I'll come see you in jail. Don't do that. But I do believe you can come into a contentious situation and use your authority and just say, I just speak peace over all that right there. I release peace, calmness, calm them down, whatever's going on, the agitation, the moral conflict let them be free from that freedom for, from their fears and all that oh god whatever's going on right now i just speak peace use your authority jesus did now and that's interesting if you know the story there is that jesus is getting ready to go to gadara and if you know mark 5 mark 5's after mark 4. there's a demon over there the demoniac of gadara caught himself with broke chains of power. The devil was in him crazy. Jesus was going over to deliver a man, and there arose a great windstorm. Can I tell you? A lot of times, the tornadoes of life aren't about you, but about where you're going. You better know that to be able to say, I'm getting ready to release some peace up in here right now. Because I know that family member I know that office on Monday, God's going to use me to plant a seed or help somebody. So I just speak peace. I speak peace. Just lastly, let me encourage you. Learn peace. Learn peace. Learn the way of peace. Just learn it. You can't get it at school. Just get it with God. You get it in the Word of God. You get it at church. Isaiah 26 says this, verse 3 you, God, will keep him, that's you, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God's going to keep you in perfect peace. Man, there's peace and then there's some perfect peace. Come on, everybody. Whose mind, notice that, I've got a part to play. My mind has got to be stayed, stayed on him because I trust in him. So Isaiah says, peace is connected with you trusting God. Trusting God. I trust you in the middle of the situation. So little trust will bring little peace. Great trust will bring great peace. But I got to keep my mind. I got to keep my mind. I've been just like you in financial turmoil a couple times in my life. Situations. I've been just like you. Turmoil with kids in my life. I've been with you. Stuff that tried to attack my body just like you. And I gotta make sure I keep my mind stayed on Him so that His peace will transcend what I'm feeling, what it looks like, the storms of life. That in the middle of it all, I could do and you could do what Paul tells the Philippian church be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. That passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, do something with your mind. Let your mind be focused on the one who is the Prince of Peace. You once had no peace. You once were estranged from God. You had no covenant, no right with him. You were lost in the world without hope. But now, now because of Jesus... He came into your life, and he brought you in perfect wholeness and peace with God Almighty. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give God some praise up in here today. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, for that today. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Father God, today, we thank you for the peace of God. I thank you. We we just speak that over all of our situations, over all of the stuff that's going on in our life. We believe you, oh God, that... You're working and you're moving in our midst right now. I pray for every person in the room that's far away from you, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, someone who knew you at one time, but they've slid back. They're they're away from you right now. Father God, I pray today that their heart will be open, as we said, to the seed of the Word of God, that will bring change in their life and that there will be salvation, Lord God, today. Father, you desire to have relationship with every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, every teenager, and it happens as we open our heart and open our life to you, oh God, today. Lord God, we know that you have thoughts of peace towards us, not evil. It's given us a future and a hope, oh God. Your thoughts give us a future. Help us think your thoughts. That you love us, you're for us, you care for us. So today, oh God, I pray for every person in the room that's away from you, that doesn't know you, that today is a day of salvation, today's a day of change today's a day of victory. So right there, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around, is that you? Do you know Jesus? I mean, the the word in the Bible, know, means up close, personal, intimate knowledge. Not knowing him from a distance, do you you know him? Is your relationship with him just ongoing and, and, and crisp and fresh and moving forward?